I, I want to read the first nine verses in Genesis chapter 3. And I want to talk to you about, I have two points today. When triggered, where do you run? My second point, when triggered, where do you find redemption? So I want to read in Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the one, this is crazy, they're interacting, and they're in quotes. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God uh, midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. We see that command in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, which read, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So let's pick up the story in verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of, eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, in verse 6 is one of the most powerful verses in the Bible because it tells us a progression of sin. And I know in this house I'm the only one that deals with sin. But there is a progression to sin. And we see it in this story. And let's, let's read verse 6. So when the woman saw, she saw, it's a progression. She saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, step one. And the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit. So she saw and the next phase or transition that leads you into sin is she took of it, but she didn't just take of it and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So you see the transgression, excuse me, the, the progression of sin. She saw. It was pleasant to the eyes. She took, and she ate. And not only did she ate, she gave it to her husband, Adam, and he ate. Then the eyes of both, verse 7, of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden on the cool of the day. Now listen, and Adam and his wife, what does your Bible say? Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? It was their disobedience, their progression into sin, their disobedience that caused sin to be birthed into the world. And it was the disobedience that triggered them to run and flee from the presence of the Lord God. I don't know about you, but when I sin, when I stumble, I don't want to run away from the Lord. I want to run to the Lord. Now, it's crazy. They, they tried to hide from the presence of the Lord. The Bible said that they, they hid in the trees of the garden. 
So when triggered, where do you run? The trees of the garden represent a false refuge, a false refuge. You can try to run from God, but you will never outrun God. Somebody say a good amen. You may try to hide from God, but wherever you are hiding, according to the Word of God, He is there. It's like hide-and-seek. We played this with our kids. You know, we never let our eyes wander from Ryan and Bethany when we were playing hide-and-seek. We knew where they were. Count to ten. I would count to ten with one eye open. Don't tell them. They'll get mad. When triggered, they ran from the presence of the Lord, and they hid in the midst of the trees of the garden. The trees of the garden represent a false refuge. Have you ever done that? (laughs) It's called the fallback position. Listen to this. It's a retreat place when life gets too difficult to face. The fallback position for some is old vices. For others, it's anger. For some, they build up walls and they they find themselves isolated. They hide amongst the trees of the garden. For many, they hide in shame and guilt. Oh, I understand Jesus Christ, He dealt with our sin. But I know a lot of Christians that need Jesus to deal with their shame and their, their regrets. I know Christians, their, their spiritual address, yes, one day will be heaven, but they live at the cross streets of shame and guilt. Understanding they've been forgiven by God and yet refusing to forgive themselves. Dear one, if God has forgiven you, you have the right and power to forgive yourself. No more negative self-talking. Because you are a child of the living God. Can you scream amen? But they ran from the presence of God. They hid in the trees of the garden. When triggered, you ever had your back against the wall? (laughs) You don't know what to do. It's out of control. It's an impossible situation. Your back is against the wall. Something triggers that. You see, we are born with this innate ability. When when triggered, we either fight or flight. So the Lord God said to Adam, where are you? And I believe that there's some of you that are hiding in a false refuge today. Some of you watching around the world, you are hiding in a false refuge. You're hiding in the trees of the garden, again, which represent a false refuge. And I don't know about you, but why hide in the trees of the garden? Listen, can I tell you, you try to hide in your old vices from back in the day, that is not going to satisfy you. That is going to bring the conviction of the Holy Spirit that would convict you so you would get right with God and deal with it so God can restore your life. So I, I, I want to do a teaching today on hope. 
and also on where we can find refuge because the only secure fallback position is in Christ. Can you say amen? Do you know that the Bible is filled with hope? It really is. God is uh, the author of hope, and the Bible is filled with hope, all 66 books from Genesis to the maps. Let me just give you a couple. A 100-year-old man and a 99-year-old woman have a son. There's hope. What about a virgin giving birth to a child? But not just a child, a Christ child. Some of you seniors are going, yeah, my pastor just told me I got hope, baby. A raging storm stopped by a word. A woman made whole by touching the hem of Jesus' garment. A blind man receiving sight. A dead man, Lazarus, raised from the grave. I'm just trying to tell you, God is a God of hope, and the Bible is filled with hope. So when you are triggered and you make a mistake, you fall, you wander, you sin, you need to understand, don't run away, but run too direction of your life and where you run will determine what God does in you and through you. So listen to what the Bible says about refuge. You are going to absolutely, this is worthy of a second offering. As a matter of fact, ushers, usherettes come forward. We're going to receive a second offering. So you're going, that wasn't really funny. But maybe you'll love this because it is so profound. Psalm chapter 46, verses 1 through 3, listen. God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. Can you say amen? God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. So we will never fear, even if every structure of support were to crumble away. That is a word for somebody today. Your support system, it looks like in the natural that it's beginning to crumble, but you need to understand there is a place in God, a refuge in God that will never, ever crumble. People will come into your life. People will leave your life, but we serve a God who would never leave us nor forsake us. Our support system, Almighty God, will never be shaken and will never crumble. Can we just put our hands together and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will not fear even when the earth quakes and shakes, uh, moving mountains and casting them into the sea for the raging roar of the stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. Psalm chapter 91, verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Psalm chapter 27, verse 4 and 5. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Love this. And to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, listen, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set my feet upon a rock. But how many recognize the rock and cornerstone of our life is the rock Christ Jesus? Can you say amen? Psalm chapter 31, verse 20. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. How many like for me to just read it one more time? How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. How many just want to receive that right now? Can you say amen? Now listen, fear is not this. 
Fear is a holy reverence for the the, the things of God and for Almighty God. It's when I stumble, I still have the ability because of the grace of God that I can crawl up on the lap of Abba, Father, Daddy, God. It's not a fear. You're not going to, he doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to help you. Why does he hate the sin in our life? Because it hurts us. So how great is the goodness you have for those stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. I love that. Blessing them before the watching world. David writes in Psalm chapter 23 that you prepare a table before me in the the presence of my enemies. Those who said your business will never get off the ground. God will bless you and prepare a table before you in the presence of those who said you could not be successful. God prepares a table before you. Pastor Bueller, I I preached at our network council a couple of days ago, and I told this story. Pastor Bueller, before he built the original building, 25,000 square foot building on this five and a half acre property, a lawyer in the church said, if you attempt that, I will sell everything that you have in an auction. Pastor and Sister Bueller didn't just attempt to build what God had told them to build. They were successful, and God prepared a table before those who criticized them, those who said it would never be done, those who I hear this all the time. Do you know that I received a whole bunch of criticism regarding Boise? A lot of people, even some of my buddies, Monty, you're crazy. You haven't heard from God. No, there's no church that is thriving on the bench in Boise. There's no way that's going to work. There's no way the main campus can recover from sending 200 people 20 miles down the road to birth our CFC Boise campus. Mm-mm-mm. But my God prepares a table before us in the presence even of those who say you'll never do it. Why don't you just get out of the way while we do something great for God? Can you say Amen. Do you know that we have seen over, we're only, what are we, three months old in Boise? Just under three months? We have seen over 150 people born again in Boise, Idaho, at Christian Faith Center, in a place where they said it's too hard to reach. So who's been dogging on your dream? You're not prideful. It's not arrogance. You're humble and you're filled with humility. You see, when you're humble, you see needs. When you're prideful, you have needs. And the Bible said that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the, help me out, to the humble. I just want to just be in awe of what God is desirous to do in our hearts and our, all of our lives. Can you say amen? He said you hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. There's another one. Psalm chapter 18, verse 2. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. Man, let me just say amen. I mean, Lord, I love you. You're my strength. And even when I'm weak, man, you're strong. And even when I'm down, sometimes down to nothing, God is so good, he's always up to something. Friend, you are loved by God. 
He said, I I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. Well, Well, let's get out of Psalms for a moment. What about Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10? The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. When triggered, why would we run to a false refuge when we can run to God? How many like just a little bit of Isaiah and Jeremiah about right now? Can you say amen? Isaiah, so glad you asked. Chapter 25, verse 4. But you are a tower of refuge to the poor. O Lord, a tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm and a shelter from the heat. I just met a, a precious lady that moved here from Phoenix, Arizona, and I, I lived in Arizona for many, many years. We pastored there for many years. We, we know something about heat, don't we, sis? I, I mean, that area is not quite in hell, but you can see hell from there, can't you? Yeah. Shelter from the heat. Um, I, I also raced my mountain bike last Saturday in Prescott. It was a whiskey 50, 50 miler. I did a 32 mile race. And I'd been training in 45 to 50 degree weather. It was 80 degrees in Prescott. And it was, um, we started at 5,400 foot elevation and climbed our bicycles up to 7,000 foot elevation. And uh, it was hot and I ran out of water. I cramped. Those of you I made cramp on rides, you can, you got me back. But I finished strong. Did really well, actually. But there was a couple of times I'd run out of water, and I, I rode without water for three miles. And those who are, are athletes, you understand, you've got to stay hydrated and eat. And every now and then, there was just a little bit of cloud cover, and it was like night and day. And aren't you grateful that the time where you think you had it all planned out, everything was right, and, and you kind of climbed a little higher than you thought you climbed, maybe you ran out what you thought a little bit of resource, it's in those times that God protects us and he covers us. Aren't you grateful? that we have the covering of, our, of the Most High God. We can pray, we can plan, but God is the one that brings success into our hearts and into our lives. Um, how, how about just a little bit of Jeremiah? Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 19. Lord, you are my strength and fortress, my refuge in the day of trouble. So let me get personal before I jump into point number two. The Lord said to Adam, where are you? And I want to ask you the same question. Where are you? When triggered, where are you? Where are you running? What direction have you set before your life? If you are running to any false refuge, I believe in Jesus' name, God wants to turn you around so you will run to him. And if you will run to him, you will find protection, you'll find provision, and you will find peace. Somebody say good amen. So my second point is very important. When triggered, where do you go for redemption? I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 122. Psalms chapter 122. Many of you are going, what in the world? Where are you going with Psalms chapter 122? Listen to this. The Bible says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Again, that picture of the dog getting a bath, you know, we, we might have barely made it, but we're here. I mean, no, great things happen in the house of the Lord. So, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the, into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. I want everybody here to underline, circle, highlight Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. 
where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, now I will say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. We are instructed by the word of God to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I am not embarrassed nor intimidated to say one of the chief reasons God's blessing is upon this nation is because we are allies with Israel. That dictates how I vote in every election that I cast a ballot. Because God says, I'll bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. I know it's not popular, but it's the Word of God. And I'm going to lead us in prayer for Jerusalem. I met a lady after the first service. She said, I can't believe you did that. I just can't believe you did that. I just got back from Jerusalem. My son is a missionary there, and he is a wrestling. He teaches, I guess, the number one uh, in, in the Palestine Muslim world, the number one sport is wrestling. And he teaches wrestlers, excuse me, coaches there. And I told him, you need to have him send me your, his information because we will support them financially. How many are with me? And she just said, I can't believe you pray. Father, uh, with, with, with no hype, um, we lift up Jerusalem, the holy city of God. We pray for its peace. We pray for its prosperity. Lord, it is the most sacred piece of property in all the world, under attack. The end times, according to the word of God, being lived out on us today, in our lifetime, we're seeing it, being surrounded. And yet, God, you're victorious. So, Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we pray according to the will of God. And everybody said, Amen. I, I, I want to I land this by talking to you about where Jerusalem was built. Jerusalem was built on Mount Moriah. Several accounts in the Old Testament speak of Mount Moriah. Moriah, this is where Jerusalem was built. Moriah is the land of the holy city. It comes from two Hebrew words. The first is Raha, which means the seen, the visible, the shown, and the revealed. The second is Yah, which is the name of God. So Moriah, you're going to love this, Moriah is the land of revelation, the place where God revealed himself. Many believe that God is some distant king some horrible judge, this cosmic force or power. But listen, you need to understand, Moriah is the land in which God was revealed. And how many recognize in Christ he was revealed? Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So I want to talk to you about several things that were revealed in Moriah. Number one, the temple was built in Jerusalem. Number two, the place God appeared uh, taking on our sins and judgment upon himself was Moriah. It was in the land of Moriah that God willingly gave his life, wearing a crown of thorns and being beaten mercifully, mercifully 
scorned and bloodied all because of us. In Moriah, God was mocked, he was beaten, he was stripped naked, and he was pierced in his side. He was impaled and raised up on a Roman cross. Finally, in Moriah, Moriah was where God hung on a cross, redeeming the world. How many grateful for the redemption of God? Can you say amen? So Moriah is the land in which God was revealed. What was concealed in the Old Testament was revealed in the New Testament. So what was lost in the garden was redeemed on a hill called Calvary. I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 27. It's my final reading. And I want to read to you how much Jesus loves you. How much Jesus loves you. The price that he paid to redeem your soul, to redeem your life. Matthew chapter 27. And I'd like to begin reading in verse 27. Listen to what the Bible says. Beginning in verse 27. How much does the Lord love you? Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. The Bible says that they spit on him and took a reed and struck him on the head. I've had someone spit in my face once. And it was the most horrible thing that anyone, I'd rather have someone punch me right in the face and spit in my face. This is the Lord. How much does He love you? They spit in His face. And when they had mocked Him, they took the robe off of Him and put His own clothes on Him, and they led Him away to be crucified. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear His cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, the place of the skull, which, by the way, was in this holy region, Moriah. And when they had come to the place called Golgotha, that is to say, the place of the skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Psalm chapter 23. <laughs> Sitting down, they kept watch over him there. And they, putting up over his head the accusation, accusation rather written against him, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and the other on the left. Notice where Jesus is in the center. He wants to be in the center place of every arena of our life. And those who passed by blasphemed him, saying, 
wagging their heads and saying, you destroyed the temple and built it in three days. Save yourself if you are the Son of God. Come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, he saved others himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross and we will believe him. I'm grateful that he is the king of Israel. He is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. I'm grateful he did not come off of the cross. He died on the cross that we might live. So can we just put our hands together right now? Can we just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're loved. Verse 43, trusted in God, let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let's see if, let us see if Elijah will come and save him. Finally, in verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. When triggered, where do you run? Friends, let's run to God. When triggered, where do you find redemption? There's only one Redeemer, and His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Would you bow your hearts before the Lord? Father, I want to thank you for this day and for this message. It's, it's one that we're going to be chewing on for, for days, if not weeks. And God, I thank you that it was birthed out of just a, a personal revival in my heart. And I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so very much. And Father, I know that there are people here that they're, if you were to say, hey, where are you? Some would say I'm hiding in the trees of the garden, hiding in my past, hiding in my pain, hiding in bitterness. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that they would just take one step toward you because the Bible says in the book of James, if we would draw near to you, you will draw near to us. So God, I pray that there'd be a shift in where we run today. And Lord, I know that there are people here who don't know you in a personal way. That they've never had their sins dealt with. They've never been forgiven by God. They've not been born again. And God, that's what you do best. So Holy Spirit, would you survey the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl here, those who are watching? In Jesus' name. Those who would say, Pastor, I, I, I'm in the trees of the, the garden. I really am a false refuge. But I'm getting out in Jesus' name. I'm going to run to the true refuge that's only found in God. I don't want you to raise a hand in your, in your spirit. I just want you to say, Lord, that's me. Lord, that's me. He already knows. And he'll give you the strength. And I know that there are some of you here that you've not been saved. Good moral person, but you don't know the Lord in a personal way. You've not been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God. Those of you here, you'd say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray for me? I need to be saved. 
I need to rededicate my life to Christ. I've wandered. I'm not where I should be. But today I'm running home. And in your spirit, I just want you to say, Lord, that's me. Now could I ask you all over the building, would you please stand to your feet? Would you stand to your feet, those of you who can stand? I want to lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer that I learned from my spiritual father, Pastor E.E. E. Smith, Orville First Assembly of God 38 years ago. And I, I want to lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to ask everybody here, everybody who is watching online, I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Today, Lord, I make you my refuge. No more hiding in the trees of the garden. No more hiding in my pain, my past, my old vices. I run to you, and I find protection. I find provision, and I find peace because I find you. And right now, Jesus Christ, I invite you into my heart to be my Savior and the Lord of my life. I need to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb that was shed on a cross 2,000 years ago. Forgive me. Save me in Jesus' name. I declare that I am free, that I am a Christian saved by grace through faith in Jesus' name. I thank you. I am a child of God, and I will live for you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we put our hands together and celebrate?